Welcome to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. This is episode 17, where we sit down with Cam Dunbar. Cam was uh, a graduate from the class of 1998 here at Yarra Valley Grammar. This is a podcast where we seek to sit down each episode with a Yarra old grammarian, and we track a little of their journey through school and where that has taken them. This conversation with Cam leads us right back into the very grounds here at Yarra Valley Grammar because at the time of recording, Cam continues to be a very active member of the Yarra Valley Grammar community as a staff member. I hope that you'll enjoy this episode of Inspired by Yarra. My name's Paul Joy and I hope that you'll continue to enjoy being inspired by Yarra. Today, as we hear from Cameron Dunbar from the class of 19. 98. Here he comes. Uh, welcome back to another episode. Uh, as we get to sit down and have a conversation, have a chat with a Yarra old grammarian. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Cameron Dunbar, who completed year 12 at Yarra Valley Grammar in 1998, coming up close to 20 years. And uh, it's a, a privilege to be able to sit down and have a, a yak with Cam today. Cam, welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for joining us. Um, I wonder if we can get started by, if you can share with us a little bit about, uh, I'm going to go straight into your parents. Mm-hmm. Was there something that your parents did? What was their career, occupation? What was their role in life that has impacted you that you still have as part of your life today? Well, the first thing that comes to mind for both my parents, my mother was a teacher. Uh, she actually taught uh, art uh, and for a time at Tintern, uh, grammar. Uh, Are you creative in that way? Unfortunately, no. I'd love to be. I was talking about this with another teacher the other day and I don't think I've got any of my mother's creative uh, juices at all in regards to she, she loves pottery and a little bit of painting as well, but um, I didn't get any of that. But okay. I think I've got her teaching skills, fortunately. So, so she taught for many years before she had... Uh, myself and my sister uh, and actually taught for a few years in between having my older sister and me as well so a long teaching career and the, the influence of probably my father is the the ath side of things mm-hmm. uh, and coaching as well so uh, my father was a, a high level professional sprinter that came from Scotland the UK in the 1960s and was a British champion over a number of distances uh, there and had won some major gifts. So, for example, there's a which still runs these days. There's a powder hall gift, which was set in Edinburgh, and he won that in 1963. So it's basically Scotland's equivalent of the stall gift. Uh-huh. And he came second, I think, the year before as well, and then uh, improved obviously his times and performances, and wanted to migrate to Australia because. The, the mecca of professional running in, in, in the world was pretty much the store gift and, and the pro circuit. So he wanted to, you know, show his wares in Australia and, and set up his, his career here as well. So that led to him meeting my mother and, right. uh, and go from there. So, um, yeah, obviously the biggest influence with my father would be the athletics that I've followed in his footsteps. So indeed, um, two big parts of your life. Mm-hmm. You're a teacher and... You're a runner. Hmm. Did your dad compete at the store gift? He did, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's, he still competes, actually. So he's, 
I don't think he's missed a store gift in 50. Oh. It was yeah, yeah, his 50th year running in professional, running yeah. in Australia last year. So uh, he often, if he doesn't run at a meeting, he'll be there still. Right. Uh, so he ran in the, the Masters 300 metres at Stall this year, but had run in the gift many years when he was still good enough. So yeah. uh, unfortunately, he didn't ever make a final of the gift, uh, but it was mainly because he was always trying to run his best and he was winning at other meetings prior to getting to the last meeting of the, the season and, and his handicap was a little bit too tight compared to some of the other runners who were waiting for their turn. So I think when he first moved out to Australia in 1965, I think he won three or four races mm. even prior to Christmas, uh, you know, the gift is at Easter. So he was very close to having zero or scratch Right. Yeah. Within the first six months of actually competing in Australia. Yeah. So So that's a way to make a mark here in a, the Australian running yeah, that's fraternity. Right. Absolutely. So everybody knew who he was. They called mm. him the Flying Scotsman. That was, of course. That was his nickname. Yeah. So, uh, but that does obviously make things difficult to win big races like Stall when your handicap's very yes. limited. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now you mentioned there, and, and of course we are going to talk a little bit about your journey here at Yarra Valley Grammar mm-hmm. and uh, the various hats that you've worn um, throughout your time and your connection with Yarra. But uh, you mentioned in there that um, to be good enough to compete at Stall and, and in the Stall gift and the, the series of events that are wrapped around that, what does it take to be good enough to be invited to the Stall gift or to qualify for the Stall gift? Sure. Well, you actually, you could be anybody. I mean, professional foot running is available for anybody to, to register within the Victorian Athletic League and then enter the races week by week in the summer. Uh, but you still obviously have to have a realisation that you've got to be fast enough for a particular event. Mm-hmm. So um, there's, I'm sure there'll be a, there have been people in the past that have entered and registered and run and realised it's not up to, you know, it's not for them in terms of the competitiveness of it. But uh it's it's free for anybody to to compete so uh but the people that do compete which uh, we've got really healthy numbers at the moment in regards to who competes over all the different distances male and female uh they it's a high level of competition so even the slowest runners are still running pretty fast off their off their handicap yeah in relativity so um you are good enough you've been uh, on the stall gift stage Sure, yeah. Even just recently. Hmm. How, how, what's your career like at Stall? What have you been up to? So in regards to the actual gift event, I've run there over, I think, 17 or 18 occasions. Right. I've competed at Stall for 20-odd years, but not just in the gift. So I think out of those 17 gift entries, I've been in 11 semifinals. Uh-huh. So if you were to talk to a professional footrunner to to actually get into the semis on the Monday. Uh, Easter Monday is quite an achievement yep. to get through your hits. So Congratulations. That's that's pretty good. Um, my my trainer actually, who's also in an old grammarian, Todd Island, and is a, a parent of some boys yes. in school as well, he holds the record at the moment, or is one of the record holders at 14 or 15 semifinals. Right. Still, so. And has he got a few years left in him? He, he do, he's still competing as well, absolutely. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's, I think he's realised that the still gift entry is not his anymore. He's just he's getting on 45 to 46 years of age. So, But he still competes very well in 
other events, the Masters events and so on. So um, that's something to aspire to, to see if I can equal yes. um, his feats. And what's your, at the semi-final, what's your best place in the semi? I've come second three times. Oh. So you've actually got to win to get into the final. Right. It's a six-person final. So, uh, and I've been beaten by quite a few good runners. Any of them gone on to take it out? Yes. Oh, that's that's all right then. So, um, and probably my best chance ever of being in the final came second to uh, a runner by the name of Chris Tui, who actually works for Pegs. Okay. Uh, at the moment, uh, but he came second in the final in two thousand and four. Right. So that was probably my best opportunity as a young runner to to get into the final. And, yes place as best as I could. Yes. Yeah. Well, you've been thereabouts for quite some time. Been thereabouts. What does it take to be there for, you know, you've made what, 11 semifinals mm. in the store gift, which is an annual event. Mm. And I dare say that you don't just rock up on the day. You know, you've been doing some work beforehand in order to be good enough to be out there on, on race day. Yeah. What does it take to be a professional athlete these days? Uh, in my aging years, I'm 36 now, I'm probably more <clears throat> committed to my training and, and competition than I ever have been. Yeah. It might be through necessity as well because I know I need to. If I was to slow down and have breaks and things like that, I think my body would tell me to, to ease off as well. So uh, literally I, I had one day off after EC this year and then I started all over again. So, which is unusual for most sports, I would assume, but I think I just have that enjoyment of training and competing and, and striving to do my best that I just want to continue on and and, and uh, be ready for the next preseason and, and summer that comes up. So, What do you do on your day off? Day off? <laughs> well, I come to work. Okay. Yeah. That was actually the first day of school after the holidays. So right. That kept you busy. And does but, that mean uh, you, what you don't you don't train that day? You can eat whatever you want that day? That's right, yeah. No, I can go a little bit silly with the food because you... <laughs> You don't starve yourself when you're trying to run well, but you, you, you're very careful with, yeah. with your diet. So it's nice just to relax off, not only for that day off, but I have, you know, our, our training group has six weeks off pretty much. So you can sort of eat a bit more freely and enjoy yourself over that time, which is good. Yes. Uh, but coming back to, you know, how do you commit to, to training and, and things, I think that, um, I mean, my routine is that I'm training five or six days a week takes up anywhere between 18 to 22 hours a week of commitment, uh, not including travel times and that sort of thing as well. So it keeps me busy along with working and teaching. So, uh, but it's it's a love, a love of training and competing. So mm. it's not, I don't feel like it's a, a difficult task to do. So, so does passion play a role in terms of whether it's passion or purpose? Um, you know, to, to have a day off here and there, but then to get back into it, and you talk about the love of training and, mm. you know, trying to hone your your craft well enough to compete at that top level. Passion must go a long way. Certainly does. Or is it stubbornness? Might be a bit of both. Maybe. Yeah. I think myself and my dad have got a bit of that. So, uh, and as I said, he still competes these days. He has a love of the sport too. Yes. Uh, but I do have a passion for, for, for racing and sprinting. So I've been very successful over my time in the last 20 years in the pros. And I know that the hard work and dedication pays off okay. in the end at yeah. some stage. So uh, I've just stuck at it. Yeah. And 
yeah, I've had a lot of success over the years. And what's your what's your if there is a specialty event, what's your what's your specialty distance? I think uh, it would be the one hundred and twenty meters, right. two hundred meters. So uh, I haven't got the brute power that some sprinters may have over the first thirty to forty meters. Uh-huh. So I've got strength, but if you look at the the best Olympic sprinters in the world, I couldn't match it for them. But as I build up and and speed up over a distance, so I can match it with most. So sprinters. if it was 130 metres, yeah. would you get that much closer? Uh, you, you're catching them, are you, by the end of the race? You're, certain runners. You're yeah. running them down. Not not the best in the world, but I am running people down or running away from people over yes. the later, later stages of the okay. race. Okay. Yeah. So, so you get out of the blocks and you're not in front. You've got to catch them yeah. and then get past them. True. Yeah. Right. But in handicap racing, that's the beauty of it because uh, you're not always starting next to somebody. Some people are behind you, some are in front. Yes. So relatively everybody should be finishing on the line together, but it's just whoever races better on the day will be the winner. And a lot comes down to on the day, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Yeah, so your performance on the day really matters. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. interesting, interesting. Yeah. Um, let's go back a little to um, your time at Yarra Valley Grammar. Mm-hmm. And what year did you start in, in terms of you came in at year seven, did you, or yeah. thereabouts? <clears throat> yeah, year seven, started in year seven in 1993. Okay. And what was your favourite part of the school? Where did you hang out? Where did I hang out? Uh, I really did enjoy, so the year seven locker room or social area is now currently in the school. That's where the year eight uh, locker area is. So we used to call it the old H block. Uh-huh. But it's just it's just the year eight corridor now. But I just had a, a really nice feeling around there where the hearing unit is and the art room. It, it was very welcoming sort of area. You got the nice picturesque grass area with the trees next to the the school pool there. So really good sort of hangout area and social area for the for the boys, which it only was then. It was boys only in year seven. Uh, so in terms of socialising and, and relaxing in between classes, that was a great area to to be. But uh, I think I've got my best memories out on the sporting field. So uh, even looking out at the oval now, yeah, the sunshine's bathing in the oval and the grass is all cut. It looks nice. But I remember smells and things. So the, the freshly cut grass mm-hmm. when there's a nice day, like it reminds me of being nervous before a game of football or running or cricket or something like that. So <clears throat> definitely favourite area of the school would be playing fields, gymnasium, something like that, yeah. Um, You've really done a great job orchestrating your life to do things that get you or keep you close to things that you're passionate about. Mm. You're now a teacher here at Yarra Valley Grammar and you spend a fair bit of time still out on the sporting fields in one kind of version or another. That's right. So you're a teacher, you're a sports teacher here at Yarra Valley Grammar. You're working in our junior school at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... Any budding athletes that you see amongst them? Absolutely. And I think some of those students have already realised how good they are as they, they've, they've joined clubs and things outside of the school and there's some, some good runners and hockey players and footballers and all sorts of things. So, uh, But it's interesting to, to pick up the athletic talents of the, the ELC students and the preps as you see them developing over the first few years. So, uh, And it's nice to, to promote and encourage their, their um 
their passions as well mm. within classes or for sporting days and things like that too. That's really powerful. Um, look, I, I'm a big believer in, in school, particularly a school like Yarra Valley Grammar can have a, a big influence on our outlook for life and, and developing our character. When you think of Yarra and your experience both as a student, as a coach, as a staff member, what what do you see? What's your bigger picture view? What what is it that Yarra stands for that that perhaps has set it apart in your life? Oh, obviously, I've spent a majority of my life here as either a teacher or a student, so it's influenced me in many ways. Whether it's the individuals that I currently work with or the teachers that have uh, you know led me to be the person I am today. Uh, the bigger picture with the school is that, you know, it, it does develop an individual's values in regards to what they're hoping to achieve later in life. Uh, for mine, uh, one of the main things that I think developed with me or values would have been my leadership skills. Uh, I was a, a prefect in my final year at the school and there were responsibilities there uh, that uh, paved the way for me to, to choose... Uh, a life as a teacher and, and coaching and things like that. So, uh, and just, you know, the respect of others and uh, the respect of the people you work with and myself as a teacher, respect of your students as well and, and the understanding of the pressures that they go through, whether it's a secondary student or, you know, the stresses that some students may have participating in sporting activities or PE classes and things like that. So... Because it's not for everyone, is it? No. The sports field? That's right. So, you know, that's the holistic experience of being at school. There's always going to be challenges along the way, whether it's in the academic classroom or for sport or other uh, specialist areas. Yeah. So. But I dare say physical exercise, you'd be an advocate for the notion of investing some of your time into being physically active. Absolutely, yes. So Why? Whether it's a daily exercise or... Uh, you, you set aside time during your week to, to do that. Uh, spiritually, physically, mentally, it's, it's, there's benefits across the board. So uh, people that obviously regularly exercise, even at lower intensities, do maintain a healthy lifestyle. So it helps with uh, releasing stress as well uh, and having a positive outlook on your daily routine as well uh, and for students it's uh, it's especially important because it's developing motor skills and, and confidence and uh, in regards to specific activities that you're doing but it's also again a good stress release especially for the older students so if you're thinking about the year 10 11 and 12 students at the school that are have got that daily stress of getting homework done and, and building up to to uh, sacks and exams and things any sort of daily exercise can be a great assistance to relieving that stress and uh, building the confidence of them during the day. Yeah. You talked a little in there about routine and maybe developing some good habits around that and, and whether that be a daily habit um, or a routine that is regular. Your, your training is a regular routine mm -hmm. and I dare say there are some things that you do over and over again as part of that training. Um, what are some habits that you have developed over your journey, either as a, as a teacher or just as a person, maybe as a husband, as a father, 
um, as a teacher, as a sportsman, habits that you have developed that have stood the test of time and, and been impactful in your life? Sure. Yeah. Well, I think to, to fit everything into my day, uh, routine is very important. So uh, not that you've got to do things by the minute, but um, to fit everything in, you need that balance between work time and training and family time now and, and also a little bit of relaxation. So, I mean, one habit that I am always emphasising each day is to have anywhere between five minutes to half an hour just by myself. It doesn't have to be um, doing anything in particular, but it's just a time of reflection uh, and a quiet time away from everything else. So, And it could be just to think about what I'm doing for the next day or something like that. But it's um, in such such a busy lifestyle that everybody has, it's good just to take a step back and take a breath. And That's great. Look, yeah. I'm a big believer in, in the notion of finding some stillness and silence yeah. in our lives. And, uh, and certainly that's one of the things that I try and um, uh, participate in myself and practice myself, but also instill in the lives of the, the, the students that I'm involved with is, is you know, the value of slowing down and, and just taking a moment not to have noise happening all the time and not not have to be thinking about anything in particular, mm. um, depending on where you're up to and what's happening in that day. That, that's interesting. Um, Yarra spirit, what is it? What is it for me? Yeah. Well, at the moment, obviously, there's a great uh, network of of things that the students and the wider community of Yarra Valley can be involved in, whether it's, uh, you know, for my mind, obviously any sort of sporting activities and and, uh, and the like, but spiritually in regards to Yarra spirit and my experiences since I was 13 all the way through is that sense of belonging. Uh, you know, any school and especially Yarra Valley Grammar, it, it is a, a community. So... Uh, with lots of support through teachers and family networks and things like that. So it does allow students to you know, pursue their, their passions, whether it's sport or performing arts or academics or something like that. So Yarra Spirit, to me, mainly, is, is having that sense of belonging and, and setting goals and achieving what you uh, are hoping to achieve mm. over your time at the school. That's great. Um, your dad has been pivotal in your life uh, in terms of supporting your sporting career. Um, your mum has been pivotal in terms of helping perhaps shape and model good teaching. Mm -hmm. What's the best advice that you've ever received? From my parents or anybody? Anybody. Uh, but if you did a shout out to mum and dad, I'm yeah. sure that they would appreciate that too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I've had many good uh, pieces of advice from my parents, I'm sure. Uh, and, and the same goes for teachers along the way that have taught me at, at Yarra. Um, but thinking about, one, one thing that comes to mind in regards to advice, I remember when I was in year seven, and we are at one of our very first whole school assemblies. And a teacher by the name of Les Christie, who was the, the deputy principal at the time or the deputy head of the senior school he was he was talking to the student body in regards to it was 
pretty much anything, but just preparing them for the year because it was right at the start of the year. So he was speaking to the obviously the older students in regards to their studies, but every student in regards to how they're going to tackle the year and and all the challenges ahead. And I, I always seem to reflect upon some of the words that he, he said then, and obviously it um, resonated with me because you know I'm a wide-eyed year seven student. It's all these exciting things going on. It's everything's really brand new. So. His advice at one stage was talking about it's great to plan ahead and look at the future, but you know, live in the now and don't plan too far ahead because the way he mentioned it was it could build up too much stress and you, you make too much worry for yourself. So you know, get through everything day by day and, and you know, enjoy the achievements that you've done there and and then plan ahead. So Basically, just don't get too far ahead of yourself. It was his advice, uh, and for some reason, it always stuck with me, and I always remember what he was saying. That uh, that encourages me no end. Mm-hmm. Um, a little later today, I'll be speaking at assembly, mm-hmm. and there'll be year seven through to year twelves there. And um, look, to be fair, I'm I'm talking today about the power of our words. Mm-hmm. We've just celebrated Languages Week here at Yarra Valley Grammar. Uh, and where we focus on language and communication. And so my message today is about the power of our words and, and what we say and how we say it and are they authentic in, in terms of do we back them up by our actions, um, but also the power of our words in that it can make a big difference what we say and how we say it. It can tear somebody apart really quickly um, or it can build people up and encourage them and support them. So I tell you what, if somebody 20 years down the track can refer to something that uh, that Reverend Joyce said. Then, then I'll be uh, I'll be pretty proud of that. I think there'll be. I'm sure there'll be people that do. <laughs> so a That's shout out to Les Christie. Good yeah. work. That's mm-hmm. terrific. Um, Lavavi Oculus. Mm-hmm. I lift up my eyes. What does that term mean to you? Our school motto. Yeah. Well, in terms of the motto, I think it will mean something different to everybody. Uh, for my mind, it's it's. It's saying to me that continue to be positive. So have a positive outlook on life. Obviously not dropping your head in, in, in difficult moments. I lift up my eyes, looking up to the hills, planning ahead in regards to setting goals and things like that. But uh, it, it is foremost, it's regarding to, for me, staying positive mm. and, and maybe reflecting that positivity on others around you as well that's good that's good and and you, look I think you're right I think it does um, speak to people in different ways and, and perhaps that's one of the part of the beauty of it is that it's open to interpretation um, but I think you're right it is about moving forward and, and lifting up and, and raising our heads to see bigger and better and new things and, and remaining positive and open to those opportunities as they come mm-hmm. um, I wonder over your years is there a, a, a book or a documentary or an experience that you think all young people should go through? Yep. Uh, I'm very much, oh, there's, there's two things there. I'm very much a movie buff. So I love my movies and I couldn't give you a perfect example of uh, any particular movie that really influenced me over my life. But it's, again, if we're talking about reflection and having time away from things, uh, you know, I guess watching movies is a good meditation uh, style for me it doesn't really matter what it is but um, 
experience was that's that's a really great relaxation tool and just taking you away from re- the reality of mm. life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but experience, maybe I should link it back to, to school because there was been plenty of experiences as a student that are a real challenge, you know, whether it's speaking in front of a class or maybe, like you were mentioning, you know, talking at a, an assembly up on the stage, which I did plenty of later in my school years. So, And that probably developed my confidence about speaking in front of classes and things like that as well. Uh, but I remember, I think, of all the things that I was worried about and, and not fearful of, but knew it was a bit of a hurdle to get over as a student, I remember a lot of older students when we were in year seven and eight and even year nine were talking about you know, the rafting camp in year nine, how scary it was and how challenging it was. And for some reason, I always remember being worried about that particular camp. Uh, and obviously, you know, as, as the experience came and you, you go on the camp, it was fantastic, lots of fun, very enjoyable, very safe, obviously. But um, it was a real challenge to get yourself ready to go on that camp. And I don't think I was the only one that was worried about it in, in, t- in terms of the students going on it. Uh, it was probably the first real physical and mental challenge in terms of camping experiences that the Yarra students would have had at that by that stage. Yeah. So the year seven and eight camps were fairly simple and enjoyable, but this one was a real, real challenge. A bit more adventure based. Absolutely. Yes. Camping on the river and, yes. and you know, going through some pretty, pretty solid rapids. The rapids, so, yep. Uh, so in, in regards to an experience, you know, my advice would be, you know, give yourself a challenge of doing something that, you know, is, is worrisome to you or, you know, you know it's going to be a big hurdle to get over. Yeah. So in my younger years, that would have been one yeah, of Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And, and pushing a little beyond your comfort zone. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. is good for you. Mm. Yeah, that's good. And... Uh, yeah, I wonder the value or otherwise of uh, talking up experiences. You know, it's, it fascinates me that for years you've been leading up to this high adventure challenge of the whitewater rafting and, and whatever. And, um, and despite the anxiety that that may have brought you, you embraced it, you got out there and you did it and you came home safely hmm. with stories to tell, no, no doubt. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So embrace it. That's terrific. I, I appreciate that very much. And just on closing, um, I wonder if there is a, a tool or an app um, or a habit perhaps that, that you've used or that has been useful and helpful to, for you to negotiate, as you put it, the balance of life. Hmm. Well, I- as I said before, like having that five minutes or so to yourself every day is like definitely a habit that I, I stick to uh, for sure. But um, now that I'm a, a young dad, uh, one of those habits every day is obviously to spend time with my son, which I regularly do. So um, family time is really important with me now. So uh, whether that's a habit or a something like that it's now a main influence in my life yeah. so uh, family time is very important for me Beautiful. so within all the things that happen throughout the day that's got to be a major part of it too excellent yeah. excellent Cam Dunbar class of 1998 thanks so much for your time and uh, and for fitting a small chat into the schedule of your day and, and I know it's one of routine and discipline and thank you for uh, making this a part of it Thanks for your time. Thank you very much, Paul. Terrific. Very good. Well, there you have it. There's another episode of Inspired by Yarra. 
Cam Dunbar, I know him as a colleague and a friend here at Yarra Valley Grammar who continues to work with our uh, sports department um, in the junior school currently and is also a big feature of our athletics team and uh, as a coach and a guide to those young aspiring athletes. He continues to be an athlete himself and, uh, and I think that that is inspiration in and of itself. If you are enjoying this podcast, we'd love you to uh, give us a shout out, whether you send us an email via podcast at yvg.vic.edu.au or via that same email. You might uh, be in touch with a Yarra old grammarian that you think would make a a great guest on an upcoming episode and uh, you could flick us the details and we'll be sure to follow that through. My name's Paul Joy and it has been a delight to spend this time with you sharing another episode of Inspired by Yarra. Please stay in touch, please stay connected because as our uh, Yarra Old Grammarian Network continues to grow, it, uh, it strengthens and more and more people benefit from that. Hope you've enjoyed this episode and we look forward to speaking with you again next time.